You are listening to Show Radio. Radio. Listen, advertise, share. Good day and welcome to another Joe Radio Live program. It's a beautiful Monday morning. We just came through a great weekend. At least it was great on my side. I trust it would have been great on your side as well. I hope that you are well rested and ready to go out there and do your due diligence today. All right. How are you all doing? Great to be in your company as always. This program is entitled never underestimate the power of prayer yes we are going there today never underestimate the power of prayer and we have coming up something really really awesome and powerful that you're really really gonna love but just before we get into that you know we have something to do so we are going to get into your hit your scripture for today and your hit your scripture for today is taken from proverbs uh, chapter 17 verse 22 and it says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine but a broken spirit drieth the bones i'll read it again a merry heart doeth good like a medicine but a broken spirit drieth the bones and that was taken from proverbs chapter 17 verse 22 that was your hitter scripture for today yes people getting back to the topic today's topic never underestimate the power of prayer we are going to get into that important clip right about now and i'm going to come back on the other side and we are going to Get into it and delve into it and just dissect this thing some more. All right. So remember to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tune into Joe Radio Live. Let's go. And watch for the signs that God is willing to give us as a nation. And then we'll partner with him massively to achieve the agenda that is upon his heart. Some time ago, I went to Ghana to preach. And when I got to Ghana, I met a man. This man that I met was being groomed to be a warlock. He is from northern Ghana. He was being discipled to become a warlock. One that will be in custody of many sorcery altars. So he was being groomed, was taught the language of darkness was taught the wisdom that was sourced in the second heavens so that he can become an efficient gatekeeper for the kingdom of darkness. But unfortunately for his tutors and his lecturers, he gave his life to Christ. After the investment of lectures and education that he received from the kingdom of darkness uh, somehow he lost taste for what he was prepared to receive that was how he, the man revealed to me what it takes to be inducted into witchcraft in northern ghana it's not like our own here that one is well established at the end of the ritual when you survive the ritual, then you'll be put in a room and dead animals will be put there that are stinking and rotting. 
You will be locked in there for three days. You will not eat or drink. And the only perfume that you will be breathing in and out is the perfume of death. So that you can be used to the smell of death. If you survive the three-day isolation period, you will be treated to a meal. The dead birds and the dead animals that were in the same room with you will be used to cook okra soup. Okra soup. I mean the okra you, are, you know about, that type. And there will be fufu will also be made available so that you can take advantage of the okra. If you eat this okra soup and you vomit, it means you don't have the calling and the capacity of, to become a witch. You'll be discarded from enrollment. <laughs> if you eat the okra soup and you'll be compelled to partake of the delicacies of the meat that is in the arrangement. And then you don't vomit. It means you have the capacity and calling to be a warlock. It is after that ceremony that they will commit to you the ring. The moment they put that ring on your hand, you will be more sensitive to the demonic realm than you are sensitive to the natural realm. He told me about his father, who was a warlock that he was supposed to take over from, that for all the days he knew his father, his father never slept in the night. Hallelujah. You are quiet now. His father never what? Slept in the night. His father will be in the shrine until daybreak, speaking to the spirits. When he is in the shrine, this is what he says till daybreak. I have no eyes, give me eyes. I have no legs, give me legs. I cannot see, give me sight. That's what he says until daybreak. By daybreak, when he comes to you and sees you, the spirit will give him sight. His father only sleeps in the afternoon and he sleeps for three hours. I'm just trying to make you understand that all of us in this room, we might fail witchcraft tests in Ghana. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. He sleeps in the afternoon and he doesn't sleep with his back on the bed. He sleeps with his back on the chair. He's, he must sit on the chair and then they put a stool for him to put his legs. Then he will stretch his legs. That was his position for sleeping until the day he died. And the reason why he died was because the spirits were angry with him that he was not able to disciple his child and make him inherit the altar. That's how the spirits came and fought him. 
Now, I'm telling you this so that you will know that the people that serve darkness, they are committed to Satan. Most of us come to church, and church is like a thing of convenience. We do not accept the government of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do not allow him to regulate our affairs, to influence our choices, so that our choices will be consistent with his choices, and our lives will be an expression of a story that he is telling from heaven. Hallelujah. That's not all. The warlock to be said there were only three people, three categories of people that had the ability to contend with witchcraft power. Number one, Christians that pray in the night. And if you find a Christian that is consistent in the night watches, he's someone that the lecturers in witchcraft will say, have no contention with this man. And that wisdom came from a long line of battles that saw warlocks die in their numbers. That was how they got this wisdom, to educate other generations in order to forestall the loss of future warlocks and wizards. Avoid what? Men that pray in the night. Secondly, the wizards taught them that the second category of people you need to avoid are people that pray intermittently. Maybe he prays for one hour, he stops. And after two hours, he's praying again. Then he stops. And after, like that, he's always on and off. But if you find such people, leave them alone. Take your warfare somewhere else. The story will not end well if you combat with them. Are you there? Thirdly, they were instructed. There is a third category of people that you should not have any contention with and those are there that pray for long hours. Now, among these three categories of people that I mentioned, you must be one of them. If if you are hoping to be able to establish anything with the Lord that is worthwhile, that is worth destiny, then one of these three or all of these three must be the description of your life. The reason why I brought this little discussion I had with the man in Ghana is because of the teaching that I want to bring to you tonight. We are talking about carriers of the presence of God. You will notice, are you there? In the lecture of witchcraft, they said Christians are in three categories. Prayerless Christians look human from the realm of the spirit. Christians that walk in holiness and pray a little they look like fluorescent tubes. And Christians that play long hours and are committed to prayer and allow prayer to shape them, they look like creatures that are in a pool of fire. Those Christians that are in a pool of fire, those are not such that you should joke with because the 
consequences are grievous. If, if there are those Christians that are shining like fluorescent tubes, you can set a snare for them, a pitfall, so that you can trap them. But the ones that burn with fire, you can do nothing about them. I came to tell you tonight that the presence of God has an outlook in the immortal realm. The presence of God looks like fire in the immortal realm. And the scriptures support this, my philosophy. In fact, I got it from the Bible. Turn your Bible with me quickly to the book of Exodus chapter 33. There are several things that Moses learned from the presence of God. Hallelujah. All right, so we are back and um, just heard some powerful, powerful stuff there. God is a, an awesome God, truly, truly wonderful and mighty God. All right, and just before we begin to dissect this thing and get into it, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you right now to give your life to him, to accept him into your life. It's very quick, simple, and easy. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come to you a sinner. I repent of all of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Mold me. Do what you have to do in my life that I cannot do for myself. I make you my Lord and Savior from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. Very quick, simple, and easy. If you just said that prayer, genuinely meant it from your heart, welcome to the body of Christ. Get a King James Version Bible and begin to read and study the Word of God. And allow God to do some awesome things in your life. As you would have just heard the clip, uh, there's so much there's so much to talk about um, from this clip. But we are going to start off with the main thing, which is prayer, right? And the three categories of people or Christians um, that he would have mentioned, just to recap very quickly, would have been... Uh, the first one would have been the one that prays in the night, and I believe that he is talking about uh, all-night prayer, right? Um, so that would be the first one. The second one would have been the, the one that prays intermittently, as he mentioned, you know, prayer hour, take a break, come back, pray for two hours and that kind of thing. And then the third one uh, would be the one that prays for long hours. And if you notice, um, all three categories, all three categories of Christians have one thing in common, and that is prayer. All three of them. That is what they have in common. Prayer. They are all praying. They are all praying. They are always praying. Whether it's the all night, whether it's the intermittent, whether it's the long hours, they are always praying. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Right? And so we wanna we wanna we wanna deal with that. And and I wanna I wanna just share something really quickly. Um there were two guys, one a Satanist, one a Christian. And um, they were in the same room, right? One guy, one guy was actually there on work, right? He came to another country um, through his job, you know? His job required him to travel, to do certain things and stuff like that. And um, he was in the same room with his interpreter, who happened to be a Satanist. He, one night, he was sleeping and he felt a heat. And... When he woke up, 
he saw this ring of fire, the circle of fire, in the room. And the other guy who was the Satanist, um, you know, mumbling something. And immediately, the Christian guy, right, he realized what was taking place. So he started to pray immediately. And he said, as he started to pray, now, by the way, the ring of fire was a portal. It was a demonic portal, right? For those who don't know. Um, so as he started to pray, the ring of fire, the portal, started to close. It started to get smaller and smaller and smaller as he continued to pray until it actually closed altogether. Now, I share this to show you the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Now, mind you, prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is simply talking to God. Right? And many times we really, some of us, some of us, really underestimate the power of prayer. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we pray and, and, and we might think that, you know, maybe God didn't hear us. Uh, we might think that God taking too long and all these things. But in the book of Daniel, when Daniel prayed, the angel that brought the, um, his answer, the angel that brought the answer to his prayer said that, told him that the very, from the very day that he prayed, the answer was on its way, was sent. But it was delayed by the prince of Persia. Right? It was delayed by the prince of Persia. And we, some of us really fail to realize the power of prayer. The power of prayer. It is very important, as we see here in this clip, it is very powerful. Right? So I wanted to address that first of all, which is the main point. Never underestimate the power of prayer. Prayer can open doors that money can't open. You could have all the money in the world. And prayer can open doors. And l l let me share a next a real life example with you. Um, there is a, a guy called uh, Bill Schnoblin, right? And I'm going to just capsulize it real, real quick. A guy called Bill Schnoblin used to be a Freemason, Satanist, full works. And he, he said when he was, when he was in, 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 in the, the, the dark world, when he was on the other side, he had two options. As he was moving up the ranks and stuff, he had two options. He had reached a place where he had two options where he could either be a werewolf or a vampire. And what he said is that with the werewolf, when, when, you know, when your body starts to contort and, and all this different thing, he said it is very painful, right? And, and, you know, if you watch, for those of you who may have seen werewolf movies and stuff like that, you see the pain that the person goes through as they, as they, as they change it, as they transform it into the, in, into the werewolf. So... He wasn't able with that. He couldn't handle that. So he decided to go to be a vampire instead. Right? Less painful and stuff. And so he used to drink human blood. Now this is, this is, this might sound like something from a movie. This is real life stuff I'm telling you here. And so he was a real life vampire and he was drinking blood and stuff like that. And one day, um, he was so, and, and this, this actually leads to, this leading to the, the second point I want to talk about. One day he went to the bank and he was so into this stuff that he was tied into the church of Satan. 
right? And he went, he carried a check to a deposit. And it so happened <laughs> that the teller that he went to, she was a Christian. So when she saw the check, she realized, okay, you know, something, something wrong here, right? And she realized what he was into. And she told him, she said, I'll be praying for you. And he was, he was a bit shocked. Well, she did pray for him. And what she did, she went on a pray and fast for this gentleman. And what he said is that within a week of meeting this woman, all his powers, all the powers, the demonic powers he had was gone within a week of meeting this woman, this Christian bank teller. And I'm sure he would have found out afterwards from her. That is how he would have found out that she was praying and fasting for him. And I share these things because somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to, re- to be reminded. First of all, somebody who don't know needs to know the power of prayer. And secondly, somebody who knows but maybe has forgotten needs to be reminded of the power of prayer. Our words are powerful and our words to God. Make your request known unto God. It is powerful. God hears. Don't think that God doesn't hear. He hears and he answers prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 says, Call unto me. God says to Jeremiah, Call unto me and I will answer thee. And I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The first part of that verse, call unto me. God says, call unto me and I will answer thee. And then he goes on to say, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So don't think and don't let the devil make you feel that God not hearing your prayer and, and, and you know, your prayer and working and stuff like that. Excuse me. One of the things that tends to happen when we pray, especially when you know we're in the heat of battle and we're going through some really tough times, is what tends to happen is as we begin, as we as we pray, and the more we pray, it seems that the situation seems to seems to get worse. But it's not that the situation gets worse. It is the enemy is trying to make us feel, trying to cause us to feel and to think that our prayer is not working. And it's a, it's a tactic to cause us to stop praying. So that when, when, we, when we look at the situation and we realize it, it seems that the situation getting worse, he's trying to cause us to stop praying so we won't pray. But as you continue to pray, you begin to see things happening. You begin to see God moving in your situation and your circumstance. So I want to tell somebody who is listening to, to this right now, don't stop praying. And mind you, make sure you're praying to the right person. Make sure you're praying to the one true God, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Make sure you're praying to the one true God. Now, moving on to the next point. Earlier in the clip, before it got to the the part with the three types of uh, people and three types of Christians, when you look at the things that... These people go through. 
when you look at the initiation and the ceremonies and the rituals and stuff like that, and the fact that people are willing to do this, it shows you the level of commitment. It shows you that even in, in, even, um, in the world of darkness, there is a level of discipline. Because you have to be committed. You have to be disciplined to go through with these kind of sick things that they have to do. You in a room three days with dead animals. And as if that ain't bad enough, then, then they're making soup with these animals, oku soup. And you want to drink that. That's madness. But people are willing to go through these things. So when you see warlocks and wizards, you know it's some sick stuff that they have done to become who they have become. Some really, really sick stuff. And yet, some people, some of us, don't want, to co- don't want to be committed to the Lord. Don't want to exercise the discipline to do what God has called us to do. And God ain't even calling us to do these kind of sick, detestable kind of things. So if the, if the evil man could have that level of commitment and discipline, why we as believers in Jesus Christ can't have that level of commitment to God and that discipline? One of the things I ask God is to help me to be more disciplined. Because you see, discipline, when you're disciplined, you don't rely on feelings. When you're disciplined, you pray. We pray when we need to pray. When God tells us to pray, we pray and fast and we, we basically do whatever God tells us to do simply because of our love for God and our discipline. Which, this is just to divert a little bit. But not too much. This is why I love exercising because exercising builds discipline. Because no matter the pain, you know that you have a goal and you want to achieve that goal. And in order to achieve that goal, you have to continue. You have to do certain things and you have to continue. You have to be consistent. And that is why I love exercising. It exercising builds discipline. It builds discipline. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I just wanted to highlight, share this clip and highlight these two points. And I trust that something that you would have heard in the clip, something that I may have said, something that you would have heard in this entire program would have really stuck with you and been a blessing to you. And even even right now, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord would move upon you, move in a mighty way, and effect change, godly change in your life. I pray that you wouldn't have a a spirit of hopelessness. And even now, Father, in the name of Jesus, every person that may have lost faith in you because they felt that you didn't answer their prayer, I pray, Lord God, that you would give them an experience with you and you would let them know that you are closer to them than they think. That you are not as far away as the enemy is trying to cause them to think and feel, but that you are right there with them this very minute. I pray that they would feel your touch, that they would feel your hand of protection over their lives, that they would feel you hugging them and consoling them throughout whatever situation they are going through, that they would feel comforted by you and that their lives would never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you as always for listening. You are most appreciated. If nobody else loves you, know that God loves you. 
And we at Joe Radio Live love you very much. Alright, go out there and do what God has called you to do. As I always tell you, don't just exist but be a blessing. Until the next one, JC Vibes is gone. Take care, people.